0: It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition truth is older than language but the word of god is way deeper than any human language and now apostle grace with the word first chronicles chapter four and the ninth verse from the amplified version of the bible the bible says jabez was more honorable above his brothers but his mother named him Jabez, sorrow maker, saying, because I bore him in pain. Right? Jabez means sorrow maker, one who brings sorrow, one who makes for sorrow, because, she says, I bore him in pain. And the 10th verse says, And Jabez cried to the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from evil so it might not hurt me. And God granted his request. And before I get into that second part, I want to firstly address the first part of this uh, scripture. Now, I have said it times without number in several summons, that one of the most defining experiences in the foundation of our identity is our naming, okay? It's one of the most foundational, most foundational. And because of that, it's important what or who we name and how we name people, okay? Part of being a parent is not only to give birth to children, but also if God has given you the grace to be alive, is to help them, lead them in the way they should go, okay? The Bible says train up a child in the way they should go, okay? He says when you do that, the Bible says, when he is old, he will not depart from it. He will not depart from it. There's a very powerful thought for a parent, for those of you who plan to be parents, that actually it is possible to define the future of your child. It's possible. It's in the training up of a child in the way they should go, right? Not in the way they should not go, no. That becomes obvious when you train them in the way they should go, right? Many parents emphasize that should not, you should not do this, you should not do that. Yet they actually should, by the teaching of God, emphasize what their children should do, right? So it's a God-given mandate and responsibility of every parent, okay, whether physical or parent, biological, or spiritual parent, to order the steps of that child in the way they should go. The Bible says when he is old, all right, not if he is old or if he grows old, no, when he is old, there's a guarantee of preserving the life of your child as well. He will not depart from it. And one of the most uh, defining realms of experience in this walk of parenthood are what we call rites of passage. When your child is born, for example, that is their first rite of passage. They have come out from one world and they have entered another world, the physical realm. Right? They are not familiar to the setting in which they enter. Okay? They're not movable in the world that they enter. Okay? They do not know how to adapt and evolve in the world that they've entered. All right? And so, the first things that you do when your child is born are important. The first words that your child hears when they are born are important. The first time they hand that child into your hands, okay, your arms, the first words that are spoken into the ears of that child are very important because children's ears open even while they're still in the womb. But now that they're in the world, what are the first words that they hear, okay? And that is why you speak words into their lives. You command their destiny the moment they are born. And as they transition, in fact, in the Jewish culture, the next rites of passage was the naming ceremony. It was a very special ceremony because they believed that it was a foundational experience when we name the children, our children, because we believe that the naming of our children defines the destinies in which they should go. And if you are a Bible reader, you will confirm tirelessly through history that many people have actually lived to the names with which they were given. I can never emphasize that enough, some of you have heard it, but I'll continue to emphasize it because in every dispensation we lose truths that are so fundamental, some realities of truth are deeper than other realities and some truths are pegged on certain truths. And this is one of those truths on which many truths are pegged, all right? He was named Jacob for he was a supplanter. Until that experience of meeting God, there's something on him that was beyond his will and ability to change his nature. He just found that he was a supplanter, okay? He just found that he was a supplanter. Now, in this story of Jabez, we have similar experiences. That sometimes when we are naming, when we take time to name people, I will probably read you one more. In Genesis 35, all right, verses 17, a story is given of Rachel, this beloved mother, and uh, she was about to give birth to her child, Benjamin. And the Bible says in the 17th verse, and it came to pass, when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said unto her, fear not, thou shalt have. His child. And it came to pass, the Bible says as her soul was in departing, for she died, that she called his name Ben Oni, right? But his father called him Benjamin. Right? She called the boy Ben-Oni. Ben Oni, right? Now if I can read that for you in the Amplified Bible, Ben Oni is son of my sorrow. Ben Oni means son of my sorrow she named him son of my sorrow. But his father called him Benjamin, meaning son of my right hand. And regrettably, some people are named on the basis of other people's calamities, all right? And so it is with Jabez. We cannot explain, because many questions are left in this narrative. We were not there to know exactly what this woman went through. The Bible says she calls him Jabez, a sorrow maker, because she bore him in pain, okay? Now, I don't think that it's the usual sorrow or pain because all women go through some sort of pain when they're giving birth to children, okay? I believe that there was something about this pain that was unusual. We don't know whether it was Perhaps an issue with her body. We do not know whether it was perhaps an issue with the surrounding circumstances in her life at that particular hour. We cannot tell. But she emphasizes that this was a sorrow worth naming. Again, we see that Jabez was named according to that tally. Okay? He was named according to that tally. She called him Jabez, meaning sorrow maker. Okay? Because she bore him in pain. Right? But I want you to see what God says. I want you to see what the rendering says. The Bible says Jabez was honorable among his brethren. Now, I want you to hear how the Bible renders it. Jabez was honorable above his brethren, but his mother named him Jabez. Eh? Listen to the word, but. I emphasize the word, but his mother named him Jabez. Okay? God has given us a parallel of two destinies, of two realities of report. One is the naming of the mother. And one is what God knew about Jabez, all right? You see, when a child is born, you cannot say they're honorable. It's the things that they start to become as they grow up, and then you start to see that distinction that separates your child. If you have five children, that one child from the five, that one child from the ten, that one child from the three, all right? It's the things that in the physical realm we observe, all right? And if it was simply after the owner and manner of observation— Maybe the rendering of that scripture would have been, there was a man called Jabez, and he was called Jabez, meaning sorrow maker. The mother called him Jabez because she birthed him in sorrow, coma and Jabez became an honorable man above his brothers. That would make sense, because in the order of language and grammar, it would seem as though the right flow and order of events has been given, because we begin with his birth, in the pain and sorrow in which he has been birthed, and then we transition in how he becomes an honorable man. But see how the spirit renders this word. He says, Jabez was more honorable among his brothers, but his mother named him Jabez. Okay, If I want to use a pseudonym, say Peter, and I say, Peter was a rich man, but his mother named him poor. Okay, Rachel was a healthy girl, but her mother called her sickly. So we are now comparing two parallel realities, two parallel worlds of realities that touch the destiny of one individual. And so God is trying to tell us that it's not so much in the honor that he earns according to the context of scripture, but it's rather the honor that he was already as a seed God had placed inside him even while he was still little or before he was even born. For the Bible says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and I called you to be a prophet. I knew you, okay? Eternally, God knew us even before our father and mother met. That's why I tell people that people make mistakes, but children are not a mistake, okay? So even before the parents met, God had already an eye and a defined destiny on the life of this man called Jabez, and that is why in Chronicles, it is preferred by the Spirit to inspire us to read it that way, that Jabez was more honorable above his brothers, but his mother named him, okay? How many things have you been named by people according to their calamities, according to their understanding, according to their experiences, according to their challenges, according to the world where they are, according to the things that they have gone through, according to how they have interpreted and understood life? How many times are people named according to other people's visions and experiences about that individual? Okay? See, in this world, you have reports, right? There's a report of what God knows about you, what he calls you, how he understands you, how he sees you. God is not adjusting to chronos, to the progressive hour of time in human existence. No, he is the same today, yesterday, and forever, right? He owns time. He appoints time. He existed before time. He lives outside the time series of men yesterday, today, and forever. So God does not see you by counting your successes of how far you've come to get to where you are. No, before you were formed in your mother's womb, he saw the end of your life. He saw the end of your communication. He saw the end of your walk, okay? So he doesn't see you from the beginning, of your life, he sees you from the end of your life. And then he starts to paint your picture with you, walking with you, leading you, teaching you, inspiring you, instructing you, you know, connecting you with certain people and disconnecting you from others, you know, because he is seeking to align all things according to his infinite will touching you. And that is why when we understand the reality of the place of eternal life, the dwellings of eternal life, it has a very deep interpretation in the way we start to do and live life, okay? Because we start to realize that God has a hand. The Bible says the heart of a king is in the hand of the Lord, right? And he moveth it wherever he willeth. We start to see that when we become born again, we are actually a surrendered life. And that's the surrendered life that, uh, you know, is ushered into the places of true rest. True rest comes when we understand how much surrendered we are and inclined to the will of God. Okay? And when we start now to go to that infinite realm of eternity or eternal life, we start to see that the plans of God concerning our lives are actually older than our physical existence. And because they are older than our physical existence, what were we like before we came into our mother's womb? What was in us before we came into our mother's womb? All right? What functions were around us before we are formed in our mother's womb. Have you ever taken time to think about it? Okay, because now, as a body of Christ, the Bible says in the last days knowledge shall increase. And as knowledge increases, it means God is pushing the church to a more contemplative realm, right? For us to dig deeper into things that are beyond human scrutiny. The heart of the true minister in this dispensation is the heart that seeks to see things that the normal eye cannot see, to meditate on things that the usual person cannot see. The realities of that then spell a picture in our hearts that sometimes even will go beyond the words and articulation of these things. But better still, it's not so much in the words articulated, it's in the feeling that they live in our souls, in our spirits, in our understanding of God. God is so vast. God is so vast, and that is why when you start to dig deeper into the contemplative realms of the Spirit to take time to actually meditate and allow God to minister to you beyond the average things that people want to hear or beyond the words that are normal and are spoken to the lazy and dull in hearing, your heart starts to understand the purity of the Spirit because the wisdom that is from above is pure, okay? Bible says in Proverbs that the wisdom of God is on seven pillars. And one of those pillars is the purity of the Spirit. Okay? Purity not just in the sense of your moral standing, okay? but in the perfection of the lenses in which you see God. Perfection of the lenses in which you see God. Okay? Because if you do not see God in the purity of the Spirit, you will never actually understand truth, the person. Because there are many people with different opinions of what truth is and what truth is not, okay? And sometimes even the divisions that we have in the body of Christ, the denominations that we have within us are, are different lenses by which we see truths. But not all of us can see the same truths and not all that are right in one area are right in, in the other area. And it's not that because something has been magnificently expressed, therefore it is true, or that if somebody has been lost in language, in communication, therefore they are wrong. It takes, you know, wisdom and maturity through experience to judge that. Okay, And that's for the mature. But back to this. When we connect to who really we are, we start to realize that we are older than our physical existence. And that in that union of spirit of which we were before we were formed in our mother's womb, has certain realities, spiritually, that sort of later come and connect with our understanding in the physical realm, okay? If you cannot connect to that, you will never understand the ancient things. That's why the Bible speaks of the scribe that has been instructed in the things of the kingdom. For out of him, the Bible says, flow both old and new. What are those old things? All things is not just your past history. No, it is the things that transcend beyond even your physical existence, but sort of sustain your place and tenacity in the knowledge of the things of God. And before you know that, you will speak, you will think, you'll meditate, you'll pray, you'll minister way beyond your age, way beyond your peers. Because our aging in the spirit is not really the length of time that we have spent in salvation necessarily, but the experiences in God with which we have been exposed to as we walk with him. And that's why I emphasize the place of contemplative relationship where you take time to really sit in your comfort home or work wherever you are and just think on God and just allow God to speak to your spirit, deeper than he speaks usually to people. God is in the interest of speaking to us. He wants to relate with us. He wants to connect with you. He wants to speak to us. Sometimes there are things up to today, some I don't have the words to express. And those are the things that form the realities of my understanding, touching God, the eons, the worlds, and periods that are to me because the things that are revealed to you, you start to feel the weight of that authority of the things that are attained in the liberties of the Spirit. And when you feel that liberation of the Spirit, you start to feel a certain qualification by the Spirit that no man can give you. And yes, men teach, and that's a wonderful place, but it's amazing the things the Holy Spirit will teach you when you learn to relate with Him that way. Okay, now God has gotten two parallel experiences of one man's life okay and he gets us the honorable man according to the mind of god and then he gets us the man that is named according to the calamity of that woman that birthed him now in this order of course there was a problem there was a challenge because in the rites of passage jabez was introduced in a realm of sorrow and there was a consciousness in the back of his head that lit sorrow maker sorrow maker Sorrow maker, sorrow maker. And Jabez had a choice to either choose to listen to that or honorable. All right? And so that's why I take time to ask you, who are you in the mind and in the eyes of God? Okay? You can take the general sentences that everyone uses because we have learned to read the Bible for ourselves, which are all okay. But your distinction as an individual will. Carry a certain clarity as you continue to dig deeper than the average Christian, and fearfully and wonderfully made. Everyone knows that, but how many people leave the reality of that truth? What does it mean to be fearfully and wonderfully made? What does it mean to carry the image of God? How many people understand what it means to carry the image? of God and the extension of that story. Words fail me. But I believe that by the language of the Spirit, I am communicating more than I am communicating with my physical language in the mighty name of Jesus. So I think I'm going to try to see it from there. Now, Jabez goes to the next level. In verse 10, he cries to the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border. Okay, that you will bless me and enlarge my territory. Or oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my coast. Bless me and enlarge. Now, I want to talk about that. Okay, That's actually the foundation of what I want to teach. I want to teach about how to live enlarged for God, to live big for God, you know, to live large for God. Because there's a prayer that a man made, and I believe many Christians can connect to, and some, sadly, are even afraid to go that way. Okay? They would rather stay named according to the calamities of that hour. Okay. Many of you have been named against divine potency, your divine potential. Jabez was named against his divine potential. And the reason why you cannot live large, you cannot live big for God is because you have carried the consciousness like Jabez carried sorrow maker, sorrow maker. It's in your subconscious. Some of you don't even have the language or Even the direct interpretation is there, but you actually don't know that it is there. And it's the very thing that is fighting you or fighting your soul or your spirit into accepting what God has laid for you and I. The Bible says the things God has for us are exceedingly abundantly above that which we dare to ask or think. And He says, but the working power is working in us. All right. It's not just come from without to connect to our spirits. No. That power is working within us. Who believe? That means God has placed in you things that are beyond that which you can ask. The Amplified says beyond your prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. All of that is inside you. Inside you, there are things bigger than you could ever dream. Inside you, there are things bigger than you could ever hope. Inside you. There are things that are bigger than your desires. Inside you, there are things that are bigger than your prayers. They're infinitely above. And he says, and all of that is inside you. It's not something you pray for God to come from without and just come and put it. No, it's already inside every child of God, every believer. You can look at how he relates with Adam, the first man. You see, to get a wife comes out of him, and that's the woman that helps him give birth to the children and everything. When God brought all these things he had created, they could not carry essence until the Bible says he asks man to name them. And the Bible says, and those things were so up to today. But you realize that all the names of the creatures and the beasts of this world that are named by Adam, they carry the nature of in which Adam named them according to what he felt inside him. You see, even the naming of those beasts came out of him. But in that naming also defines the character and nature of those beasts. Lions are lions because of what Adam called them. And the nature and character... You know, when you read the Hebrew translation there for the naming, you realize also that it's not just in identifying the separation of one thing or one life from another. It also goes into the commanding of the nature and character and ways and life of that thing. I hope you understood it. If you're spiritual, you've caught it, okay? So, you see, lions are the way they are because Adam calls them so, okay? Zebras are the way they are because Adam calls them so. God had the power to call them so, but he gave that power to the man, and that power comes out of that man to name. Eve comes out of that man, okay? Out of his rib, he created woman. Born of my bone, Adam says, flesh of my flesh. And they have children, and it's how we know the start and beginning of human existence. Everything comes out of man. You will be shocked at the things that are inside you, okay? You'll be shocked at the potential, In your spirit, you'll be shocked at the potential. So when Jabez here is asking that God would expand his territory, you cannot ask for that expansion when you are not awakened to your potential. What is potential? Potential is that power that inspires our convictions to seek for things that are bigger than our physical assets, your physical possessions. That is potential. It is that thing inside you that tells you I feel in me that I can do more than I can see right now. I can do more than I have in my hands, that I have on my account, than I have in my education level, than I have in the world that I live in, okay? For example, when you live in a third world country, like I am living in Uganda and some of us here, it's different from when you're living, say, in a first world country. You know, the opportunities are different. The Education systems are different. The exposures are different. You know, the connections are different. The systems are different. The institutions are different. Okay? But whether you are born in a third world country or you are born in a first world country, if you are not awakened to divine potential, you can live the worst life. Okay? There are beggars in the United States. And some of them have hands and feet. They walk with their own feet and move their own hands. They are alive from head to toe. I've seen them in the streets in the United States. I've seen them in the United Kingdom. I've seen them in Europe. They have a brain that works. They speak. They have hands and feet. They have everything. But something inside them is so dead. Okay? And then you find a guy who is on a wheelchair, crippled in his feet, and perhaps his hands as well and he is shaking the world okay look at the scientist uh, the late stephen hawkins this man got so sick that almost every part of his body died but his potential stayed alive because our potential is not in our physical abilities or our assets our potential is in that divine seed of greatness that god has placed in every child of God and there are people who are physically not potential to do many things but spiritually they have a lot of potential and there are people who look like they are physically potential but spiritually they're not able to demonstrate or manifest that same potential right if you're not awakened to your potential you cannot ask for enlargement you cannot ask for an extension of territory. You cannot ask for an enlargement of your cost. You cannot ask for the expansion of your tent. You are what you feel your potential has, okay? Now, Jabez, in the same instance, if I will take us back here, it's not that he does not have territory, no? Jabez has territory. He did not tell God, give me territory, no. The children of Israel had gotten designated lands Inheritance and Jabez had his own portion as well as an individual. So, we're not talking about somebody who has not attained. No, we're talking about a person in this story who had attained some, there was territory available for him. All right, but potential within him is telling him that the thing that I feel inside me is bigger than the boundaries that have been set for me. The thing that I feel inside. Of me is bigger than the territory that is set for me. What is the purpose of territory? I need territory so I can evolve. I need territory so I can germinate. I need territory so I can create. I need territory so I can grow. Okay? That is why we need territory. Look at a farmer, okay? If he has a half an acre of land, okay, and he tills that land and gets food, and probably gets some for food. And then the rest he will sell off, okay? And then he feels that the way he has sold off the rest has created a demand beyond that which he is able to provide in that half acre. What will he do? He will seek for the expansion of the territory of his operation. Why? Because there is a demand, okay, that is bigger than what he has provided, but also the potential to make it happen, the ability to make it happen. Now, here's how the things of the Spirit work. God has never created a demand, physical or spiritual, with no equal measure of potential in a particular individual. There is a man or a woman out there that meets or is able or carries the potential to meet. Any demand or need on the face of the earth and the reconciliation of the potent individual to the available demand is the reconciliation of divine purpose. That is when you start to find you. And that is why I tell people, do not struggle to be like other people. There is always a demand in the spirit and physical that meets the potential in which God has placed inside you. Right. Jabez started to feel that he was bigger than the territory that was accorded to him. He could create bigger than the territory that was given him. He could evolve bigger. He could build bigger. He could grow bigger. He had a potential inside him that was bigger than his territory. Okay? When you are awakened to that, then you ask for territory. One time I read of a portion of scripture somewhere where the Bible says that the Lord refused to expand the lands of the children of Israel because they did not have the ability to tend the spaces. And he says, List in these lands grow reeds and wild trees and plants and all natural greens because you are unable to tame. You are unable. dig, you are unable to work in these lands. And the Bible says, and God denied them these lands. Why? Because they did not have the ability to build them. They did not have the ability to develop them. God cannot expand or grant a territory that you carry no potential to provide for, that you carry no vision to build off. Okay? Listen, it's not about how much money you have. Again, I said that potential is the power that inspires convictions in us to seek for things bigger than our physical assets. Remember that. It's not about how much money you have. It has never been about money. It has never been about how many networks you have. It has never been about how many connections you have. It will never be about how educated you are. It will never be how exposed you are. No, it will always go back to how you are able to harness your potential, to harness and and allow the world to feed on what's coming out of you and open yourself to the possibilities of the Spirit, okay, as God works through you to touch lives, to extend your influence beyond your family, your community, your district, your nation, the continent, and the world. And some of you look at those assets, your physical assets, and they name you. You look at how much money you have on your bank account, and then it names you. You look at the family that you're coming from, and then it names you. You look at the friends and connections that you have, and then they name you. You look at the color of your skin, and then it names you oh, you know, I'm African, I will never be able to touch the world, I'll never be able to influence this, I'll never be able to do that because I'm black, I'm this, I'm Hispanic, I'm this, I'm that. And You understand what I'm saying? You have all kinds of excuses. But what happens really, you have let the physical realm to name you. Yet there is a God who is beyond your color, beyond your tribe, beyond your skin composition, he's beyond your education, he's beyond your... Relationships is beyond your networks, is beyond your education level, he's beyond. He is beyond. In fact, he does not look at any of those things when he wants to use a man. Where was Jesus born? In a manger. Where did Jesus come from? From Nazareth. Very poor place, very insignificant in the history of that nation. That's where greatness was birthed. You see that? So he has a way of coming in the least expected packages. God has a way of doing that, and he never stops. And so that's why I tell people, every time you identify the weaknesses in you, those are the very verifications of God's intended purpose, to reveal strength into the world, okay? Now, this is what Jabez is saying. He's saying, I feel that I carry something inside me that is bigger and the provisions that I have in the physical realm. And I do not know how to connect what I feel with what I see in the physical, but I know a God who can reconcile that narrative. And that is why he asks, he asks, he asks, and he says, bless me. The KJV says, indeed, and enlarge my territory, right? It not just bless me, but bless me indeed, indeed. Okay? To say that a man is indeed blessed is when physical or spiritual his territory has been expanded you know to establish and manifest the potential the full potential that is within him all right and of course he asks that the hand of God will be with him and that God would keep him from evil and those things are important to ask for when you're looking at growth if you are seeking to grow to evolve to adopt and mutate to create to expand, to enlarge and live big, you pray that the hand of God be with you, all right? That God would keep you from evil, that evil would not grieve you. And the Bible says, and God granted his request. God granted his request. Why? Because he likes to see that. It's his nature to provide For such prayers. There are things that you cannot ask God for, and he says no. This is one of those things. This is one of those things. When the potential of a man is ripe enough to evolve into creativity, there is a glory and a grace that is available to favor your creations. There is a grace that is available to provide for your dreams. You never know where the money comes from. You will never know where the people come from. You will never know where the houses will come from and the cars you need will come from. You will never know where the lands will come from. You will never know where the spouse will come from, where your children will come You will never know, but this is for certain. You will see that you are blessed indeed by God. You will see it. And that is what God placed on my heart. I don't know who, but since last night I was praying, God kept impressing it on my heart that there is somebody who is at the cusp, at the verge of a very, very, very great expansion, great enlargement, great evolvement, great creation, a great dream, And you have nursed potential like a woman carries a child in the womb. And once it was one month, one trisemester, now it's two, it's three. You are in your last trisemester. You carry the pangs of a woman in birth who is about to give birth. Okay, like the Bible says that the daughter of Zion, she travels as a woman who is about to bring forth child. I can say that this should be for everybody. but I cannot say that it is for everybody. But there are people who are at the verge. They have... Travailed, Their spirits feel the pangs in them for something that is about to explode for you through you in the mighty name of Jesus. You can no longer fight or deny the potential and the possibilities that God has presented in the liberties of his spirit. You have had these things in dreams. You have had these things in visions. You have had these things in your thoughts. Some people perhaps have even spoken it upon you, prophesied it upon you. You've received, some of you have received the confirmation of such things through proposals and written letters of offer and stuff like that. It's just something that is at the age of breaking out for you. You're the person that I came for. You're the person that I'm speaking to right now. brazalanda sihe sika telepa. And God says that I'm going to do it in a way that you will carry no language, even if you try to testify. You will carry no language that will fully express my workings for your season. That saith the Lord. That saith the Lord. Now, whoever is listening to me, wherever you're at in life, I want you to just stretch your faith right now and connect to what I'm saying at this very moment. Start to pray right now. Start to pray right now. Start to pray right now. Pray fervently. Pray fervently. Pray fervently. Somebody's giving birth, somebody's bringing forth. Bigger than your physical assets, bigger than your physical abilities, bigger than your education, bigger than your connections, bigger than your networks, bigger than your tribe, your color, your skin. It's bigger than even the language you speak, but it's happening at this very moment. Father, I thank you. Kasha yekete. Shita la braza la tele ya roko brozolo shika braza ho sharanda kata la bako shere brozolo pa poko ka saba shika braza talaka shelepa. roboko sanda ka shika ho rata ya Father I thank you I thank you. Because you've answered. You've answered. The Bible says, And the Lord God answered Jabez's prayer. The Lord had him, and he granted him that which he requested. It is done. It is done. It is so done. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And if you're sick in your body, I speak healing. Receive healing. Receive your healing. Receive your healing. Receive your healing. Wherever you are, whatever you've been dealing with, God is healing you right now. New jobs are coming. New business is coming. New opportunities are coming. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, glory to God. If You've never given your life to Christ and you're not born again. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He's the only one who knows you. He's the only one who understands you in this world more than anybody would ever understand you. You, yes, have potential, have callings, have giftings, but only those things can be unleashed, released, when you allow yourself to be submitted to a power that is higher than you. And the Bible says, and there is no name By which men are saved, save the name of Jesus Christ. So if you want to receive him as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity to repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died for my sins and was raised for my glory. I believe that you are Lord and Savior of my life from today. I'm born again. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Funero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041 466 4291 or email us at funerocampala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.funero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 pm to 8 pm. You can also So catch the live stream at Livestream.com slash Finero. Finero. Make manifest.